And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And our guest today is Bob Soltis. Bob is a lucky guy. He lives in Cleveland, Ohio. Well, actually lives in Lake Lakewood, Ohio, right next door, which is one of my favorite parts of Cleveland. Anyway, so it's good to talk to somebody from back home. And yeah, yeah. So, um, so welcome, Bob. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be uh, invited and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We've exchanged some emails last year. Oh, we'll get into that. But uh, Bob is, uh, you say he's a photographer in the Cleveland area. He's been shooting. I I won't tell his story too much, but he's been shooting primarily only film. Oh, he said. One camera, one lens, one film all the time. Keep it simple. And it really pays off. And that's really tough to do today. We won't talk about gear at all. But today with the digital cameras, they're always taking me down rabbit holes. But anyway, so Bob, before we really get into things, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into photography and, you know, why you do the things you do. Sure. I grew up in Gary, Indiana, and uh, my first non-paper route or lawn-cutting job was shelving books at the local library, and they had a book called The Eye of Eisenstadt, and I was interested in photography. I had watched photographers at my cousin's weddings uh, a few years before, Uh, so I got the book, and I just fell in love with it. Um, It was just these classic black and white pictures. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the picture that he took at uh, the opera La Scala in Milan uh, with a girl next to him looking at her companion in the box that it's taken by available light. Uh, He said he was on a very shaky tripod, but I loved the book and I thought this is the kind of photography that I would like to do. Uh, And as things happen, that following Christmas, my aunts, two of whom lived in Cleveland, uh, uh, and then my other aunt in Indianapolis bought me a Kodak Instamatic camera. So this was 1967. Uh, Bobby Kennedy came through town in 68 in May, wow. uh, a few weeks before his life came to a tragic close. But I took some pictures of him <coughs> with a camera. Uh, I kept shooting pictures with the camera. Uh, I eventually wanted to make some better pictures and do more than what the Instamatic could do. So. Mm. Uh, I convinced my parents to let me spend some money from my paper route and the other the library job to buy a 35. Uh, I eventually wound up buying some camp, got sent to one of these summer weeks where they teach you how to develop and print film, which has really been my only formal classroom training in photography. Uh, and the newspaper that I started taking pictures for the school newspaper one day. Oh, I was a sophomore. The teachers were going to go on strike. <laughs> and that would have meant that the seniors could not graduate or per, at least not graduate on time. So the president of the student council, whose dad actually owned a photography studio, um, organized a walkout. So half of the school walked out and the other half ditched. Uh, well, I went along and I took the camera with me uh, and I wanted to get this part-time job with a weekly newspaper in my neighborhood uh, that I had learned about because one of my customers on my paper route, their daughter was dating the guy from my high school who did the pictures for the Herald. Well, he ditched that day, fortunately for me. So when it was all done, I mean, if this happened now, everybody would be tweeting it or, you know, posting it on whatever, but this is back in the days of film. So I called the paper, got to talk to the managing editor. And the first thing he asked me is, is, did you see our photographer there? Uh, no, we, I did not. I, I was the only one in a march with a camera, and the only other people taking pictures were the daily paper. So he said, print your pictures, um, get them out here by Monday. And uh, Monday afternoon, they called me and said, we really like the pictures. Uh, and oh, by the way, from time to time, our night photographer, you can't be two places at once. Would you be interested in filling in? I'm like, yes. 
<laughs> you know, so that's how it all got started. I remember I thought I was going to be in a lot of trouble um, for ditching because my mother, my parents were kind of strict. This was the seventies, you know. Um, at my my mother was working that day at the Slovak club cooking pierogies. All right. Um, and <laughs> my dad comes home from the mill and he's like, "So what did you do today?" And I said, "Well, the students walked out." Um, and I went with them and took pictures and the Herald wants to buy the pictures. And he's like, oh, hey, that's great. Because I thought, man, when I, there was a picture in the paper and there I was right in the front line. <laughs> you know, it's up on my website. You can see me. I'm the guy wearing the camera. Anyway, uh, my mother came home and said, my son, the campus radical. And so I escaped the bullet on that one. So that's how it all got started. I, I started making pictures. Um, other photographers invited me to work with them on weddings. <clears throat> um, eventually, uh, I got distracted by career and day jobs and this and that and everything else. I went to Europe on one of these, if it's Tuesday, it must be Brussels bus tours and brought the camera and a <laughs> bunch of Kodachrome film. Uh, and then, oh, I hurt my back when I was in Navy. So I, one of the issues uh where i was not taking pictures is because i wasn't carrying a camera with me you know and with an slr uh yeah, was, these are motorized slrs i just didn't carry the thing around with me and after the back injury um i that well i'd had the rangefinder camera and i said wait a minute you spent all this money on the camera there's no excuse to not have it with you and then uh Oh, I saw something on one of the TV news stories about owls in uh, Great Gray Owls. Yeah. That you don't normally see them. So I called a buddy who lived in Wisconsin. I'm like, hey, let's go check this out. Brought one roll of black and white film with me. And when I saw the pictures, I liked it so much. I went back to black and white. This was 2005, I think. And I haven't shot a roll of color film since. Wow. Wow, you processing your own film? I develop all, I develop it all, and I print it all myself. For a while, uh, when I went back to black and white, I was using San Diego had a. Re I was in San Diego at the time, uh, and they had a really nice photography lab. And when the new ballpark came in, gentrification, nobody could afford to rent, and they shut down. And uh, with the day job, it came time for a promotion. Uh, one of the reasons I picked Cleveland was one, I'd been here every summer when I was a kid. And secondly, I thought I can buy a house and I afford to buy a house and uh, set up a darkroom. So, yeah, I develop uh, everything now and print it myself. And it's one developer. You know, I, I do everything at D76, one to one. Um, the uh, when I do use Delta 3200, I do it straight D76 and it's fine. So, simplicity, you know, it's push sure in it, yeah. Uh, well, Delta yeah. 3200, the native yeah. EI, I was told is 1600. So that's what I exposed oh. that. Oh. Um, and it works fine. Um, you know, if it's the one four lens, I can get an image at, uh, 60th or 125th most of the time. Wow. Well, you know, I used to go to, um, a lab downtown Cleveland. They only did black and white. Oh yeah, yeah, I know where that is. They're not in. They're not open anymore. No, they, they did closed. beautiful work. Oh, they, they did, were fabulous. They did lovely work. I remember they were trying to convince me to expose my Triax at two hundred and use a different kind of developer. I brought in some really uh, underexposed images, and they made them look beautiful. Much better printers than I'll ever be. But yeah, they're gone now. I think I it was know. called. I think it was called Lab Work. Yeah, they have work. They were on the east side. They yeah, were they the were like midtown area. Yeah, not too far from Dodd. Yeah, not far at all. Up closer to the lake. Sorry for all the Cleveland stuff here, but I, oh, you know, yeah. I can't help it. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying that to people. Right, to also. the audience. But sure. It's about time you got to learn more about Cleveland. You know, it's not New York. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, yeah, I was there. I was there getting some some film processed, and because uh, I I haven't done it myself in years and years, so I, so I used to go there. And the and the guy brings out this photo, it's like eight by ten, and it was it it was from a glass negative from like nineteen hundred, and it, you would have sworn 
you know, it was shot like yesterday. It was. They were I mean, that it was, good. It was. Yeah, it was really something. It's funny. My my wife was just telling me she liked something on Facebook, and now every day these photos pop up on Facebook that were were glass negatives from a long, long time ago. And she, I don't know why I keep keep getting these things, but they sure are beautiful. <laughs> Uh, those were the days, she's not, and she's not a photographer. Right? You know, who who knows? Who knows why social media does that? Yeah, oh. so that's that's really something. You've stuck with the same thing. You you never went into digital at all, huh? No, um, I love the way. I'm just used to film. Mm -hmm. um, we got thunderstorms rolling through here. It's not okay. Uh, it's not sound effects or old wood boards or anything. I love the way. Um, Film does. I'm going to grab a print off the wall. Well, yeah, and just show you. Unfortunately, the view you can see it on the website. If you if you go on my Streets of Paris page, um, you'll see some pictures that I made in the Brasserie de Lille. Oh, I guess you could look it up on the website if you wanted there. Yeah, um, but oh, that's okay. But um, just a good example of why mm -hmm. of why I like why I stay with film uh, is I've seen pictures that other photographers have made with the Leica digital. Mm -hmm. camera the monochrome and it it does the tonality isn't the same it the mm -hmm. term i use for what i see in those their pictures is rasterization it's just it's not as smooth in digital the other thing is i in fact i was making some prints that i took of um some folk last week i i printed it saturday and i was actually talking at the bar with a guy who used to do film photography and I said, you know, with film, I could put that piece of paper in the enlarger and get a pretty decent quality print just by saying, well, you know, I think that's about two and a half seconds and it'll be, it'll be a good print. It may not be a gallery quality one. I'll have to fiddle around with it. Um, but there would be the learning curve with digital and then the expense. You know, I mean, a, a Leica monochromes nine, ten thousand dollars. So two of them is twenty thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah. How yeah. many trips to Paris would that pay for? Yeah. <laughs> right now, this year, this summer, two. <laughs> yeah. And then um and then there's uh the deal that it's gonna be obsolete. I mean, it'll still work and you can oh, still yeah. use it, but you know, there's a thing, you know, well, maybe I should get the latest, greatest thing. And you know, I've one of my film cameras is 25 years old and the other one's 20, and they're fine. Don't have to worry about upgrades. They're always, you know, they're gonna to have to go back to Germany now, like is not um yeah. there's only servicing film cameras in Germany now, but they're fine. You know, the lenses, you know, again, and then the the learning curve. Um, how long would it take me to learn to do post processing and Lightroom and so? I but I, I get really, that. Really, it's just I I really like the way film looks, and I mean to each their own. There are people who Bill Allard, um, who we were talking about a little mm -hmm. bit earlier, um, he switched to digital because he liked the palette of color. That digital, he thought the, the palette was much better in digital than we, you know, of course, Kodachrome went downhill because uh, apparently they had to dial it back a little bit to stop some of the silver uh, and mm -hmm. pollution problems, and that affected the color. And so a lot of the geographic photographers went to Fujifilm, which just, I mean, it's not Kodachrome. And so, yeah, he, he went to digital because he likes it much better, and his pictures are beautiful. Um, he did a beautiful book of Harris a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm an analog guy. You know, I guess we all are. <laughs> we live in an analog world. <laughs> I mean, physical. Anyway, well, whatever. I'm not going there. So, um, you know a lot of the photographers, local photographers in Cleveland? Not very many. Yeah. I, uh, the people I run into at Dodd. Um, a, oh shoot! I'm trying to remember one of the fellows' name, but there's a there's a couple of people I usually run into at Dodd. Yeah. Um, and then I've actually seen the guy at Kerw, another Cleveland favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, he I think he was doing uh, an assignment for them. Uh, I was in there picking up a sandwich at lunch, 
oh, hey, how you doing? And But, yeah, I uh, obviously I know the photographer who uh, owns the gallery that I have work in here. But uh, it's not like photographing a Cubs game where you're sitting in the boat open. Did you see that? Did you see that video of the guy's lens getting hit by the foul ball? No. Yeah, you have to Just look at it. Uh, yeah, a couple of days ago. I think oh. it was Saturday. I think Ooh. it was Saturday, Friday Ouch. or Saturday. No, I mean the high fly ball came, it hit the objective of the lens and just poked oh. a big hole in it. But you know, oh. you're in the photo pit at you know Wrigley Field or yeah. Guardians Stadium. And so you get to talk to these folks because they're sitting next to you. But street photographers usually you don't run into two and you don't see that. I, mean, I don't see a lot of people making pictures here either here or in Cleveland. It's yeah, I I think I always thought it was tough to shoot there downtown. Mm -hmm. There's not much going on downtown no. No. during the workday, you know, maybe at rush hour and people are coming and going. I'd like to take a quick break to thank the Street Photography Magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside Street Photography Magazine itself. And that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only $5 per month, and you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. And now back to the show. Do you do a lot of street photography in the area? Not here. Yeah. Um, it's more what I do is more. So, for example, I'm at the Winking Lizard. And yeah. I always tell myself I want to go there at night because I get this really nice string of lights yeah. hanging over the patio. Yeah. It would be great to be there at night. I was having dinner with a friend from out of town a couple of weeks ago, but it wasn't quite dark enough. But so I'll be inside and I'll take pictures of one of the servers or um, um, one of the projects I'm working on now. I, I have projects that I work on. For example, well, there's if you have a dog, there's mm -hmm. always photographs to be yeah. made of the dog. Uh, my dog who passed away, Lucky, um, when I lived in California, we'd go for walks around the neighborhood. And uh, if you look on the dog's page under Lucky, you'll see, for example, one day, we walked past the camera store, which had been bought out, and there was a no pet sign on there. And I, he sort of was looking, and I encouraged him to go a little bit more to the sign and took a picture of that. You know, the day I brought Canary home, he sat there in a chair and cried. And so this is one of my, one of my mantras is you should always carry your camera. If I hadn't been carrying my camera the day the students walked out at Lou Wallace High School, none of this would have ever happened. Yeah. Or it would have certainly would have happened differently. And so I always have the camera out and out of this. I haven't used an ever ready case in years. Um, but if you have a dog, so he will do something interesting and I'll take a picture of it. There are people, one of the primary things I do, it could be technically street photography is my neighbor's um, daughter is oh, about four ish, five ish now. And they have a couple of dogs, but she'll be out in, uh, in fact, when I was contact printing, I'm, oh, hey, that's a that's a nice picture. I like that. So I'll take pictures of her with her grandparents or her with her parents or her with the dogs. Um, one day, not last year, the year before, took Manny, current dog, out for a walk. My neighbor was getting married that day, and they just happened to be walking out the house, her in her wedding dress. It was raining. It was December. And so I've got her new husband with, uh, it's, I need to get this scanned because I only made some four by six prints that don't scan well. And I, I don't have a film scanner. Um, but I sent them some prints and uh, they liked it. And so if I see something interesting, if I see a magic moment that uh, will show people what's right with the world, I'll make a picture of that. So, but yeah, that long story short, I, like I don't do a lot of street. There isn't a lot going on in downtown Cleveland, even in Lakewood. Um, I don't. What one time I saw somebody riding a bike in a Halloween costume. 
I was walking back from a doctor's office and I had the camera in my in a satchel. Couldn't get it out in time <laughs> to make the picture. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help. No. <laughs> it doesn't help being in in there. The uh yeah, I I don't have a dog. My, my daughter has a dog, a Wheaton Terrier. I heard you talking about pictures of the dog. Yeah. On the, on I, your... I love photographing her. She just she's got such an expressive face. Oh yes. Jack Russell's, they're crazy too. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you were um you're talking about the gallery. You you have displayed your work in a lot of places. And I just wondered, I mean, how do you how did that happen? I mean, are they coming after you or are you are you going around trying pitching them to show your work? You know, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction, which is really the law of vibration. You know, as you think, you shall be. And so, for example, with uh, the John Rayner Gallery in Lakewood, I, I don't sell my own work. I, the, yeah. John does all of the sales. Uh, if I have work in an exhibit and the exhibit sells the print, fine. Uh, but it's just, I believe that I... I'm not the person, I'm not a salesman, and I don't have the patience sometimes to negotiate with people who, you know, this. no, that picture isn't worth $500. That picture isn't, that print isn't worth $999. I don't have time for that. Let the, that's what the gallery gets paid for. Yeah. But anyway, I was, um, I needed, I needed actually this print behind me on the wall, the Code of the West, which is a great um, set of ideas. Um, I need to frame that. So I was driving down the street and I had seen this place called the Local Girl Gallery, which is now closed. And next to it was John Rayner Fine Art and Framing. So I went in there. Um, I asked him if it was okay if I brought the brought in the dog, Lucky, at the time. And he's like, fine. Um, and of course, I always have the camera with me. And he says, oh, I see you're a photographer. Yes. Uh, I says, you know, we've been trying to get some more photographers in here we'd like to get some more work in here would you be interested in bringing in some work i said well i just got back from paris bring in the prince so i brought the prince in he says fine uh let i think we wound up doing a show the following june and um you know it's just uh so the rangefinder gallery in chicago when they wow. moved they went to mark and moved the business his dad had it connecticut and then his son Dan took it over and they had an open house. So I went on Friday night. It's only a five hour drive from here. Um, I sent him some prints along with a card. Uh, I get an email, I don't know, a week or so later. Gee, you got some nice work. Would you be interested in having a show here at the gallery? So it's more, it's, it's being in the right place at the right time and believing that People are going to believe in the work, uh, believing in your work and thinking, you know, Henri Matisse used to say, there are always flowers for those who wish to see them. And I'm a big believer in as you <laughs> think, so she shall be. And I was sort of wa- as I was walking in John Rayner's gallery, I thought, I, I, I didn't realize he did the exhibits and so forth before I, because I'd never been in there before. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could get a show somewhere like the local girl gallery and bang, there he is. He asks, I mean, I'm in that mindset. Uh, We're on the same wavelength. Uh, and he, and he, he says, bring in some work. And so I, I had literally just finished. This was October. I just got back from Paris. I said, let me get this stuff printed. And, um, you know, that's how it goes. Um, one day I was looking on, one of the Leica sites, and I saw that a photographer, uh, somebody who was involved in corporate, in the corporate world in London, quit to open up a gallery called the Stephen Bartels Gallery, and he was soliciting uh, people to. It was a membership uh, to help support the operation, and uh, so I sent him some work. He's like, "Fine." Um, the um, Friends of Antone charity auction. I saw that on Twitter, and I had just got a couple of prints back from a show that had not sold i sent the guy an email i said look i've got two prints you're welcome to have either one of them i'm not sending your little scans of the pictures he said fine we'd like to want to paris and oh by the way come to the uh reception 
who did the art of the action was a Christie's Anton. It was for <laughs> Anton Hammerl. Mm. Uh, I was a photographer who was murdered in Libya. And one of his friends, David Braben, I don't know if you're familiar with that. He's a photographer, mm. does websites and those sort of things. Well, they put together this. They got Christie's to donate the room. Christian Amanpour yeah. was the um, master of ceremonies, Miss wow. Master of Ceremonies. Um, and uh, Christie's donated the room in an auctioneer and um loaded with photographers um but that's just you know keeping an open mind and uh again being in the right place at the right time it's a little more difficult now than it was because the pandemic killed a lot of small galleries yeah uh, yeah i see the um speaking of displaying your work of course i'm not looking at everything I, the people who listen to this can't see what I can see. We're you know we're on Zoom here, but it looks like your frame you frame your photos like you always you always use the same size frame. John John Rayner frames all the pictures. Oh, okay. Um, my dad, God rest him, used to say, "Robert, you're you're as handy as a cow with a crutch." Um, <laughs> it really takes a lot of patience and steadiness of hand, and he just you know a, a good frame, I think could. A good frame will add to the yeah. expression of a photographer, but a bad frame can really kill it. I was yeah. walking down the street in Paris. Oh, I don't know. This was 10, 12 years ago. And I looked by and I saw uh, some gallery had an exhibit of one of the photographers there. And they were in these colored metal frames. Yeah. And it just, look, it just didn't, whatever. So, we use the black frames because uh, they're black and white pictures. And, uh, you know, when I lived in Chicago and I had work in a gallery there, they used a lot. Why was this was all color work? They used colored backgrounds. But again, keep it simple. The black wood frame pretty much goes with everything. Uh, a white mat or a little bit off white mat. And yeah, it's always... He likes to do mats a little larger on some of the eight by tens. But you can see, I've got a couple here on the wall here that he did. And um, again, it's just, keep it simple. Yeah, he does nice work. Well, I saw, you had a little video of the uh, Rangefinder Gallery. Yes. show there, and you must have walked around with the camera. Dan Tamarkin did that. I didn't do that. Oh, did he? Yeah, Dan did it. Yeah. He's something else. Yeah, he's a really cool Stan, Stan, his father is a real character. Yeah. Um, I remember I was, I don't know why, I don't know why, but I drove up to, I had to do something that, oh, I was in Beacon, New York, which is not all that far. It's, you know, I mean, once you're in that neck of the woods from where Tamarkin's store was in Connecticut. So we stopped by and I picked up a couple of lenses and I had the dog with me. <laughs> I said, um, do you mind if I, you know, would you allow a well-mannered dog? He says, you can bring a naked lady in here for a lot. <laughs> I mean, he's just a wonderful person. He's a, he's a cool guy. And Dan um, is just a great guy. Um, Dan, if you have pictures at the Rangefinder Gallery, Dan has frames that you can use. Oh. Uh, but most of my prints were already framed. So um, <laughs> I actually, did I have them shipped? Or, yeah, I think I had them shipped rather than take them in the car. And um I heard him on a podcast. Which one was it? I, uh, I'm going to find it. I'll put it in the note, show notes. Yeah, I mean, he was such guy. a character, and it seems like a very interesting guy. And no, no matter what kind of camera you use, he's, he's, uh, it, he's it a great matter. photographer. Yeah. He's got a great eye. Yeah, yeah. So... um we were talking before the show, and you were telling me how you're um, you're advising people on how to prepare for portfolio reviews. Yes, and I, so I assume you've been through several yourself. Yes, I've been to Lens Culture in Paris twice. Wow. Um, Center for Photography in Woodstock. They actually had a session getting actually it was called getting known and getting shown which mm-hmm. so i borrowed you know the austin cleon steal like an artist so i borrowed getting shown uh for the for the uh, page on my website but during the the, the center photography the woodstock session we all got to show some work 
And people would start off by saying, well, you know, I've been shooting pictures because I didn't feel well, or this was going on, or that's going on. And I'm thinking to myself, um, I've been making presentations since speech class in junior high school. I thought <laughs> that is not, and then, you know, being into the law of vibration and so forth. I actually did a success principles workshop at Jack Hanfield's house. Um, that's not the way to start off. You want to start off on a positive note. Hi, you know, the elevator pitch. You remember yeah. when Harry met Sally? You know, I only had five, you know, I only had 10 <laughs> seconds, you know, before she was going to get off at the next floor. So, hi, I'm, you know, I'm Bob Soltis. My photographs record magic moments uh, that are right with the world and fill you with hope. You know, I mean, you got to have something short and simple like that. Uh, to that's how you want to start off. I'm a photographer. Uh, and these are the, you know, I make these kind of pictures. And uh, then I heard some talking with uh, some of the reviewers in uh, at Lens Culture in Paris. I heard some stories about people stalking the reviewers as yeah. they were coming in or out of the restroom. And I actually <laughs> heard somebody said um, that once upon a time, a photographer pushed a couple of prints underneath a stall door. And I thought, you know, <laughs> that's pretty tacky. That really is. I mean, you've, you've, you only have 30 seconds to make a good first impression. And so when you sit down, you want to start off on a positive note and, you know, here's some examples of what I do. Da, 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 da. Um, and I looked around to see if there was anyone else who had done a presentation on this and there was not. So I, Valerie Jardin, who's, um, I think she's, been on your show a couple three times yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. at least at least a couple of times yeah um and so i emailed her she had a jack russell terrier and yeah. i have had well a second one now and hey would you be interested in having me talk about this on the podcast so it's on my um getting shown page the link to the podcast is on the uh bottom of the website or are on the bottom of the page. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, include and, it in the notes here too. So yeah, yeah, it was know. um, you know, again, teaching is enjoyable, um, and you know, to the extent that if it helps one person, if this podcast helps one person simplify and think about one camera, one lens, one ISO, or one camera, one lens, one film. If you're working with film, or if that podcast helped one person, and the other thing is prepare, rehearse your presentation. Uh, beforehand, I mean, I've made notes for this, and I listened to your interview with um, Lauren Wells right before yeah. this, just to get an idea. Again, I mean, I listen to the podcast all the time, uh, but just to get an idea of the format and so forth. And the, the big thing is be prepared and be polite. Um, you know, I, I got the other another thing is bring something like a zine or maybe a box of four by six prints, uh, but only leave them if you're asked. The reviewer says, you've got a card or you've got this. That means they're interested and you give it to them. Thank you very much. And you get up and shake their hand and go. Keep it short. Keep it simple. You usually, usually have 10 minutes at most. At these yeah. things. Have you ever done one? You've probably done a couple. I've been a reviewer i've never oh. had my stuff reviewed oh you you're then you must be really good if you get to be a reviewer uh, i i don't know about that but <laughs> i think i'm too nice <laughs> sometimes you have to give tough love exactly well you want tough love i don't know that they're doing it anymore i think it's called photography at the summit steamboat springs but i went to uh -huh. when it was still the national which is where i met bill allard for the first yeah. time um the other memorable thing was Susan Day from LA Law and the Partridge family was there for the opening reception. But anyway, this yeah. is the National Geographic Photography Workshop. Bill had a retrospective of his, of his work, most of which a lot of it was this Peru uh photographs, but the the during the critique sessions. So every evening they'd put your work up. This is back in the days of film, so they'd project your slides. And it was like, um, remember the scene in Animal House when they flashed, I don't know, it was Pinto or somebody's picture. No, 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 Flounder, the guy that everybody made fun of. Uh -huh. And they when they flashed his picture on the screen and they started throwing things. That's how you that's how a lot of us felt 
during this portfolio <laughs> because there was just, well, I see you took five shots to get the exposure right. And, you know, why did you do this? Why did you do that? I mean, it was, <clears throat> there were people who were um, shooting with like 19 millimeter lenses and so forth and 300s. And I, one of them was like, yeah, and let's leave the 300s at home too. We're not in. Yeah. <laughs> it was tough love, I'll tell you. Uh. Yeah. I uh, I know a few people have been to some Bruce Gilden workshops and they said he's really rough. And uh, they said some many times people have left crying and never came back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, but you know, that's the only way you learn. I mean, well, you, that's you, true. He, you I, know, the last time I did a workshop with Bill Ellard and he, he's that's a great picture. But you turned him into my my Paris picture of the guy. At, it's a kid juggling at the Eiffel Tower. He said, it's a great picture. Um, and I can see why you've sold a lot of prints, but you made him into a tripod because he's standing on one leg. <laughs> he's juggling. You know. But that's the only way you learn. That's and true. A true that's friend true. is somebody who will really point out ways that we can improve. Um, you know, who was it? Rumi said, do criticism polishes my mirror? I've never heard that one of his, but that's, I like that. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> you know. Oh, very cool. I mean, do you actually teach a workshop on, on how to, how to do, how to, um, um, do a, um, oh my God. Prepare for a portfolio. Prepare, thank you. Oh my you know, God. I, I put the stuff up on the website and didn't get any bites. Oh. Um, and, uh, at the time the dog, that I owned lucky was in the last year of his life. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just, it wasn't something that really, I would have been nice to do. Um, but it just didn't work out and it didn't work out for a good reason. So then I, um, emailed Valerie and got on the podcast. And so, um, you know, for me, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, the money would be nice, but, um, the goal is to help people, to educate people. And so you can go on. Uh, eventually, she's going to take it down. I've got a recording of it, and I'll put it up um, with her permission, of course. Uh, you can listen to the podcast, and you can learn it. Because I was thinking 250 bucks, which is what I think um, Center for Photography at Woodstock charged. And I mean, I'd actually go through everything that I cover in the lecture. I'd have you dry run a portfolio review because practice makes perfect. Um, and there just weren't any bites. So you can, you can listen to the podcast and it's free. Well, I'm glad you mentioned your website. Cause I want to talk about that. Um, okay. You have a really, really good website. Um, you know, it's just, you know, a lot of people do websites for clickbait, lack of a better term, you know, to sell stuff, to, to, you know, more for commercial purposes, you, you've got, you're in there, you're telling your personal story. It's very thoughtful. It's a great place to learn. And by re reading that website, they know a lot about you, I think. And, uh, I, you know, I just really enjoy visiting it and I've got to, Thank I want to encourage people to do it. What, what caused you to, to do it that way or to do it in the first place? Well, I wanted to I wanted to get the Paris work shown mm -hmm. uh, and known beyond um, what I was doing. I mean, I, I'm grateful that I and I still have the work in the gallery here uh, in Lakewood, uh, but I wanted to get see it get some more exposure. Um, I the all the my share of the sales of all of my work goes to a charity. So if mm -hmm. I sell a picture in, of Paris, it goes to Secours Populaire Francais. Um, or well, one of the pictures won uh an excellence black and white award from uh Craig Sametko. Oh, really? Uh, and yeah, yeah. He, who had a it, this was at um an exhibit at uh it's now closed open shutter gallery in Durango, mm -hmm. Colorado. Um, <clears throat> another one of the pictures um of the cowboys laughing at some political joke. This is this goes back to always have your camera, so it was lunchtime. Most of the people is an Adam Jael workshop out in Wyoming, uh, Willow Creek Ranch. Most of the people would put their cameras down and were eating. And, you know, one of the guys was the Democrat and the other two were Republicans. And one of them just made a, you know, kind of snarky comment about some, some political thing that was going on. And they all just cracked up. 
bang, started making pictures. Um, but getting back to your question um, about the website, so I wanted to get some more exposure for the Paris work. And John, I had no idea. You know, I'm a Mac person. I had no idea how to set up a website. So John, God bless him, did it for years. And around about the time that Lucky uh, went over the Rainbow Bridge, mm. um, I thought, you know, I've got some time here. Every time I needed to have a, add something to the website, I had to ask John to do it. And it was a clunky process. It was a real pain for him to do it. Took a lot of work and a lot of effort, and you know he didn't really want to. I'd I'd offer to pay him, and he's like, no, 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 no. And so anyway, I I looked around and I saw Squarespace. Yeah, and so I used the Squarespace template. Uh, it's really easy. I mean, I like to think of myself as savvy with the Mac and that sort of thing, but it was. I mean, it was just incredibly easy. I mean, it's just you. If I want to add a picture, I click edit on the page, click plus. And I upload the print and that's it. And then John had encouraged me, even when he was doing my website, he says, just say a little bit about the picture. Say, yeah. you were talking about the story. You're going to add this feature called the story behind the picture. He says, yeah. so maybe you want to tell a little bit of a story um, behind the picture. And I was also looking to do wedding photography in black and white. And so at one point I, on his site, um, I had a weddings page. And people make decisions to hire a wedding photographer based on the work and based on the personality of the yeah. photographer. But the pictures got to make a really good impression on the website. And so I would tell a little bit of story. I mean, one of the big things is, yeah, if you're photographing a wedding, you want to have a good relationship with the celebrant. Uh, what, yeah. are your, what is your policy about that? Sure, that, absolutely. That. So I would tell stories about that. And then... Um, I had been, one of the projects I'm working on is the 103rd Ohio Volunteer Infantry. You probably drove past their site on Lake Road many times out in Sheffield Lake. Oh, I was curious what this was. So I looked it up and it's, it's the 103rd OVI. I looked it up, driving by one day. They said, we're having a pan, it's big sign, pancake breakfast the next following Sunday, open to the public. So I went and the president of the organization uh, walked by, you know, I, I, this is the first time I've seen you here. And I said, yeah, I've been interested in this and I'm retired now. And, uh, I just wanted to find out what's going on. Well, he told me about this camp week. So all the descendants of, from this, uh, regiment get together for a week at the end of July in the summer. And he was talking about raising the colors and this and that. I said, you know, I was in the military and my dad was, and I'd be really great. Do you want to come take pictures? Fine. So I, I'm going to do a web page about this that help get them some publicity. And, you know, it just went from one thing to another. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, well, actually, not the last time I was in Paris, but somebody who was kind of a curmudgeon, <laughs> uh, we'll say, um, when I asked him if I could take his picture in French, he said, your French is so awful, why don't you just speak English? <laughs> and I had already, I, I had already signed I had already signed up for classes uh, at Cuyahoga Community College. But once I started taking the classes, um, one of my classmates said, well, listen to French songs. And my barber just one day showed up. She gave me a CD of French songs. And so I thought, well, fine, I'll put a page up about French. Um, I do astronomy. And so you, if you see some pictures and things about astronomy apps that work and so forth. And so it just kind of cascaded. I look at it as a, a resource for people. You want to learn how to get your work shown. Uh, you want to become a better photographer. I think there's a page called advice under the learn tab that well, the first thing is always your, your camera. <laughs> and secondly, put your phone away. Yeah, uh, I like that. Put, I read that. Yeah. You know, just, just, you know, stuff like that. Um, so where people could go and look. And I mean, I looked at, uh, I got the learn idea from Amy Vitali, mm. who she doesn't do street photography, but boy, she'd be great on the podcast. I just listening to her speak and do podcasts with people is wonderful, but she's got this thing. Here's how you can learn about photography. Here's are my workshops. Here are my books, this and that and everything else. So, um, you know, I, that, hey, there's there's something obviously working for these people. Why don't I try it? And so it's um, that's you know if you want to 
if you want to find out more about me, you just go to the website. I yeah. have an Instagram. It's it's deactivated. I do Twitter. Um, I follow, you know, just primarily photography and so forth stuff. But if people want to see my work or they want to know what I'm doing, they look on the blog page um, or you can look on any of the tabs. And uh, I may tweet something. Well, I, I'll, I'll tweet something about this podcast once it goes up. Honored to be a guest on the whatever, but it's designed to be a resource to help. We're all here. I think it was the Dalai Lama said we're all here to help each other. Uh, I don't know if he said it or not, but it works. It's a good it one to attribute it to. Yeah, you know, and, that, and that's yeah. what my my whole life has been is trying. I, I really think of myself as trying to help people and serve and yeah. give back. Yeah, because it, it's you know it's more than just your pictures. And yes, like you had a thing on astronomy and. You were doing you and your dog were, oh yeah, we're looking he at Saturn, and, yeah. and then you had these little sketches you drew of Saturn. Uh -huh. yeah. I go, oh, that is so cool. I mean, you know, this is it's it's entertaining and informative, and um, you know, it ta talks a lot about you, and like you say, you talk about your dogs, and I want to, I want to, you know, I want to meet your dog now. Yeah, I love dogs, so I, yeah. But, they're great. Uh, it, they're, it, they're great subjects. It, it is. It's really nice. And then, of course, uh, you know, we first connected over a year ago. You happened to send in a photo of Eddie's grill. Uh, Eddie's grill in Geneva on the Lake, Ohio, which is a real nice place to go on vacation, even if you're not from Ohio. I, yeah. And uh, one of my favorite photos. I I even I saw that one. It's a, a nice took, picture. I took I took it with my with my phone. Really? It was an iPhone 4. I was like my first. I was, so I took it quite a while ago, you know, I don't know, well over 10 years ago. But I always liked it. I always liked that place whenever we yeah. camp. We used to camp there and mm -hmm. we, and uh, it's the coolest place. And then I just saw it yours. And I go, wow, you are automatically in the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great it's, photo. If it was a yeah. crappy photo, I would have put it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, it was 15 years to make that picture because yeah. you, know, you just kind of, that's the other thing is patience. So I would go there and I'd take pictures of Eddie and take pictures of this and that. But it's just, is there anything really to write home about? Is there anything worthwhile to post here? And then I had seen that 57 Chevy go by during the daytime. Mm. And it was, I think it was the last night they were open and I was just hanging around. It got dark. Um, I had the camera with 1600 ISO film in it and pre-focused. Lo and behold, here it comes. <laughs> and just the luck of the Irish. The photo gods smiled on me with that one. There was somebody leaving the parking lot and the headlights lit up the back of the car. So there you are. It's just being in the right place at the right time. Simple. And, um, and always having your camera. <laughs> and always having your camera with you. And, you know, again, if that place, um, if that picture inspires somebody to get out at night and make some uh, pictures, if any of the pictures on my website inspire somebody to pick up a camera, go out and make pictures, then that's a, enough of a reward. Um, you know, uh, and again, all the dogs wandering around in here. When you have a dog, there's always something to take photos of. Yeah, they. The other thing, the other advice that I would give people is, and particularly if you're working with digital, this is very easy because you just have to get an email address, um, and you can email them a copy. But always give somebody a copy of your picture. One thing yeah. we'd email back and forth about is business cards. It was Paul Reed. He's yeah. talking about the mm -hmm. vendor really botched his business cards somehow. Yeah, and John Rayner. God bless him at the gallery had these photo cards um, from Vistaprint. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's two-sided cards with a, uh, let me see if I can find the one with uh, Eddie's on it. Well, I can't, but anyway, so you get a two-sided card, you uh -huh. put all your information on the front and then on the back. So for example, when I'm in Paris, I've got this picture I made of one of the Shimura uh, up on the balcony at Notre Dame, which of course we can't, Get into mm -hmm. for yeah. another couple of years now. But if somebody asks me, uh, if somebody asks me, well, you know, what are you doing or what do you make pictures of? I just hand them a card. And for example, um, 
having coffee, you know, I walked up to a place I was going to get a cup of hot chocolate and a croissant, and there's a guy sitting there with his dog. And uh, excusez-moi, monsieur, you know, can I take your picture? You mind if I take your picture of you and your dog? And oh, sure. And I said, hey, you give me your email, I'd be happy to send you a, a, a scan. Because when I'm in Paris, I have the work developed at the lab. They, they'll go ahead and scan the negatives for me. And um, bang, he sends me, like right then and there, he sends me the email. And when we're done, he says, may I invite you? And he paid for my call, uh, my hot chocolate, my croissant. <laughs> cool. You know, so, so, uh, so how do you get your photos on the website? Since you're, 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 and you don't have a negative scanner either. Are you? Um, John has scanned the most of the Paris work is all the Paris work uh, now. Um, I have the film developed there uh -huh. because it's you know fifteen twenty rolls of film. It's just I'm too lazy to develop it. And the other thing is I want to have it developed and scanned um, so that I've got a backup. Yeah, uh, just in case. But they do they do a wonderful job. It's uh, L'Atelier Public Mode. Um, they've got a, they, my, one of my friends, a photographer over there said, yeah, they got like a $25,000 Amicon scanner. Or something. Yeah. So they scan all the Paris work now. Um, the previous Paris pictures, <clears throat> um, the Wyoming pictures, some of the 103rd OVI, um, John has done those. He's got a, I've got a flatbed scanner, but it's, it's just awful. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. over 10 years old. And so John has done them. Um, the color work, uh, from Russia. In Germany and so forth, I sent it out to uh, Richard in Los Angeles, Richard Photo Lab. Okay, um, so they do they do the the stuff from the Jack Canfield uh, retreat on the way back to L.A. from his place. I just dropped off the film and said, "Develop it, scan it," and uh, then they, you know, they, you download the files and they mail you the contact sheets. Good, good. Well, I tell you. So what else? What else you want to? Want to tell us about? Uh, let me look at my notes here. So we talked about portfolio reviews. Um, seeing, I you know I was listening to your last. Uh, I listened to your 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 conversation with Lauren Wells, and she was talking about seeing. Um, you know, I don't have a shopping list of any kind. I mean, you know, I the workshop that got me started on the Paris project brought we we're looking at the contact sheets and he says well you know you've been here a week and i haven't seen a picture of the eiffel tower so immediately <laughs> i'm like hey i can take a hint <clears throat> so the next day i walked i actually walked over to the eiffel tower uh, and went up and looked around and had lunch and then bang voila uh, which is look there it's not here it's voila here and la there look there well there was this kid juggling with the eiffel tower silhouetted in the background that was one of the few times I ever went out with a, hey, I got to get a picture of the Eiffel Tower. I mean, one of the things, well, I got to get a picture of somebody with a baguette. Hasn't happened yet. Um, you know, <laughs> just look. The biggest thing is look and see and notice. And the only way that's going to happen in this day and age is if you put the phone away, keep it in your pocket. Um, yeah. There are so many times I'm like, oh, I need to find out about this or I need to find out about that. And you know, one day I'm sitting at a restaurant with the other dog, hear jingling bells on the last day of July. It was some guy in a Santa suit in the middle of July out in Wellington, Ohio. <laughs> Missed it while I was able to run across the street and get something. But looking at the phone, and that wasn't one of the last times I ever had the phone out. I, you know, I'm I live by myself. The dog buys pens and telescopes and things but he doesn't make phone calls so i, I literally I have the phone off and uh am i i'm retired i don't answer the phone um you just have to look look around if you look on the um, sports page on my website there's a guy somehow he lost his legs sitting in a wheelchair outside the world series with a sign phil necro did my toenails you know probably a lot of people a lot of people <laughs> Nowadays, you'd be walking in and out of the park, looking at their phone, never even notice the guy. And even back then, I'm sure um, not too many people, well, you know, I don't want to take a picture of that guy. But he was really very funny. Uh, you know, but that's just, you have to look around. And, uh, you know, again, my, you, even if it's an iPhone, um, which uh, you've taken 
that, that picture Eddie's was really tonality, the composition, everything was great. For me, I'm used to holding the camera. And the other thing is, once you put the phone up like this, yeah, people know you're taking the picture. So yeah. for what the way I work, that the camera is much more discreet. But hey, if the iPhone's all you got, then make, and that's the other thing is make the picture. Don't worry about the focus. Don't worry about the exposure. If you can and you need to get permission, I don't take pictures of kids unless it's okay. I mean, this is my neighbors. They know me and I give them prints, so forth. So they're fine with my taking pictures. But, um, you know, the other thing is that a lot of the places that I go, I'm in and out of there with a the camera. They know about it. Establish a presence first. For the And the other thing is be open about what we're doing um when i when i first started doing street photography in paris i would kind of sneak pictures and i'm sure i came off as suspicious yeah. and uh annoying and sneaky and yeah you know, most of the places i go and i've been going to these places for 10 years they know me they recognize me and they know that i have a camera they know i'm going to be there shooting pictures but make you know like maverick said in top gun the first one take the shot i don't like the you shooting because <laughs> Lies violence. Yeah, but yeah. take the shot. Take make the picture. Don't worry about any of that thing. Shoot, and, don't think. Um, exactly. You think you're dead. And the other thing is, I don't really. I, you know, I need to notice edges a little bit more and so forth. But I usually just that's a nice moment. Take the picture. Yeah, and that's it. Cool. So, so why don't you tell us? You're talking about your website. Tell us where people can find you. My website, www.bobsoltis.net. The old site was bobsoltis.com, but I just had that forwarded to bobsoltis.net. So oh, wow. everything is there. So you, you again, you want, um, I, my, except for Twitter, my social media accounts are all, yeah, I don't have a Facebook account. Um, but if you want to learn about what I'm doing, you can look at the blog page on my website. Um, if you want, if somebody's interested in buying a print, there's actually a page up at the, the tab at the top that says prints, uh, and it talks about giving back, and it gives you a link to contact John Rayner, <clears throat> and he again he does all the print sales. Um, that frees me up to take pictures, and uh, there's a learn tab that's got advice for photographers how to get known how to get shown if you're interested in learning french um or i think i have a russian page up there too slide rules that's another one um you know i'm kind of an analog guy and uh so there's a page on that you know just show you how to use a slide rule and where you can get one um you want to learn more about me there's an about tab that's got my story on it um talks about gear uh, fountain pens and handwriting. And then I, you know, one of the things I did in life that I'm most proud of besides the uh, money that my pictures have raised for charity is my time serving as a Navy officer. So there's a page about that with some pictures. Um, in fact, the picture of the, the ship, the Aegis system on that other ship fried, fried the meter. The skipper, oh, really? the skipper, saw, the skipper saw me making pictures and he says, you know, <laughs> Lieutenant, he says, Bobby says, you better be careful. We had a guy up here with a camera uh, last week, and that thing fried because this this ship was undergoing sea trials. It was her maiden voyage, so one of the things you have to do is you have to learn how to replenish. And the big thing is the emergency breakaway, which they were having some problems with. Uh, it was a challenge for them. Let's put it that way. And uh, by golly, when I got to my next duty station with the camera, I was out at Graceland, and. Like the exposure is not 125th at F8 on a sunny day. Yeah. There's yeah. something very wrong with this. Yeah. So I it went back to like and they said, yeah, they, they had to replace the the whole board. The Aegis system just fried it. But anyway, wow. so there's a page about the Navy. And you can click on, you can hear JFK say, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. But you know, the website again, it's designed to be service. So everything's there. Bob Soltis, B O B S O L T Y S Very cool. Well, thanks, Bob. Well, thank you. It's been an honor and a privilege. Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So 
please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo, and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios, found at webitstudios.co.uk. I'm Bob Patterson, and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine. Mm-hmm.